Black Friday turned into flip miss for the Oklahoma Sooners as they lost one of their four star wide receivers. We'll talk about that. We got a game to talk about a little bit as well. And we got our big 12 picks coming later in the show on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Riding solo for an unexpected show for tonight. Wasn't planning on doing this one. Uh, Josh is recording or doing high school football broadcast, so he's not available. But when a player flips his commitment, we got to talk about it. Can't wait till Sunday night for the Monday episode. So we're going to break it down now. So Anthony Evans flips his commitment from the Oklahoma Sooners to the Georgia Bulldogs, something that had been long speculated. We talked about it on our show not long ago after he went to Georgia for the Tennessee game. And I mean, shouldn't be all that surprised, but still when a player flips his commitment, it's still kind of a bit of a shock, especially one that's only been committed since August. Uh, He committed back on August 26th, the four-star wide receiver out of Judson um, high school in Converse, Texas. So Here's the thing. Georgia was always going to be the threat. Georgia was the threat up until the day he committed and Georgia maintained or stayed a threat all the way to now and probably would have been up until signing day. It's a tough one. It's a blow. I I get you. You want players and you want the players that are going to, that want to play for Oklahoma. Those are the guys you want at the same time. Like you want to hope that Anthony Evans is the type of player that wants to play for Oklahoma You cannot teach speed. Speed kills. Those are the things you hear. NFL coaches, college football coaches say all the time is speed kills. And that's not something that can be trained up to the elite level that Anthony Evans brings to the table. So he leaves his commitment on the table for, from Oklahoma and is on the way to Athens to play for Georgia. And I, he's a good player. I mean, there's a reason why he, Georgia wanted him. There's a reason why Oklahoma wanted him. There's a reason why Arkansas wanted him. These high level, I say, you know, high level Arkansas is not quite to the level of Georgia and Oklahoma, but a really good player being recruited by two really good schools and it coming down to those two schools, it should tell you just as much as you want to know about the player. He's a good player. Now, from a fit perspective, from a culture perspective, would he a bit of fit? It's hard to know. You can't know that. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff that's out there circulating that he was a soft commit or sorry, a silent commit back in September, but didn't want the the commitment to, or the flip to be a distraction from the high school season and, you know, a season in its day. I get that really what it comes down to is a high school kid making a decision. I get, there's some frustration out there about how he handled the decision, but again, it's a high school kid. I spoke about this on Twitter on our Lockdown Sooners Twitter account uh, earlier today. I said, you know, which one of us wouldn't want to go back to our senior year and do something just a little bit differently? That's kind of what it comes down to. You know, I, for me, you know, specifically, um, you know, maybe not uh, do do baseball all year, you know, maybe or maybe decide to to skip out on a, a once in a lifetime trip to England 
and play baseball. So, I mean, there are always decisions that we can look back on and be like, man, I wish I'd have done it differently this way or that way. I wish I wouldn't have gotten in my car accident, uh, you know, turning left and, and hitting a curb and running into a big truck and, and leaving my truck on the, on the, you know, the side, not on the side of the road, but out in front of my parents' house for a few months until I could afford the deposit to, um, not the deposit, the du- deductible to, to pay for it. That was a bummer. That was kind of a, one of those, like, I wish I could have done that differently. Every high school kid, if you haven't made a decision that you look back on and think, man, I wish I'd have done that differently. It is what it is. You know, he committed to the Oklahoma Sooners in late August. It took a few months, but he decided he wanted to do things differently. It, it is what it is. He's a high school kid. He's got to look out for his future. It's a bummer because again, he's a good player, speedy player at the same time. Oklahoma's not suffering at the wide receiver position. Just in 2023's recruiting class, you got Jaquez Petaway, another speedy receiver, four-star wide receiver. You've got Keon Brown, a nice, big, strong, athletic receiver that's also got a little bit of speed to him as well. You got both those players committed to your 2023 class. Oh, yeah, and early signing days, not until you know the middle to late December. National signing days, not till early February. So there's a lot of time to add more wide receiver talent to the group. And then you just look at the 2022 class. You added Nicholas Anderson, Jaden Gibson, two four-star wide receivers that people feel really, really high on. They're very, very uh, positive about what they bring to the table. Uh, we saw a little bit of Jaden Gibson in the spring game. I mean, the dude's got that breakaway ability that you're looking for, big playability, a guy that's able to take a slant route and then house it for 90 yards. Like that's that's something that stands out about him aside from just his height and his athleticism and his, his length and his reach. So you got those two guys, part of your 2023 or 2022 class that came in as freshmen this year. They didn't play very much, if any this year. And so you've got them redshirted. Basically there's going to be opportunities for them to earn playing time next year and get on the field a little bit more. And I think after sitting for a year, they're going to be champing, chomping at the bit to really get in there and make an impact. And that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to for those two is, okay, you didn't get to play much. You didn't get to have an impact this year. What's it going to look like next year when possibly Marvin Mims is gone? Uh, maybe Theo Weiss, although I I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting Theo Weiss to return, maybe even Marvin Mims to return. But are those two guys going to be able to come in and kind of supplant one of those veteran wide receivers? Uh, you know, if both those guys decide to leave, which again would surprise me, then all bets are off. Like there's no snaps that are guaranteed for anybody on the – the wide receiver depth chart. And so there's opportunities for Nicholas Anderson, Jaden Gibson to really make their mark next year. I mean, Gavin Freeman is about the only freshman wide receiver that's made a strong impact this year. Um, and he won't be guaranteed anything either. And then, you know, you look at who, who are the guys, the young guys that are kind of making an impact right now, Jaleel Farouk. I mean, he had a, a few bad drops this last game, but otherwise he's been a really good gadget guy for you. A guy, a, a guy that's done it all. He's, you know, caught passes, caught touchdowns, you know, ran the ball fairly well. He's, doing really good on kick returns, you know, things that he can improve on. Obviously he needs to work on his hands. He he's struggling right now to catch the ball. Uh, he can, you know, work on making, you know, breaking more tackles, but I think he's a player that's going to be very important to this team next year. I was watching the Baylor, Texas game today while I was at work. And the thing that really stood out about Texas's offense is it was a lot of wide receiver screens, similar to what we've been seeing out of, you know, Jeff Levy's offense the last few weeks as well. But the difference is that Oklahoma really doesn't have the guy that's going to break a lot of tackles and make a lot of people miss after the catch, like a Jordan Whittington at Texas or an Xavier Worthy, like two guys that have kind of a different edge to them. 
Uh, you know, Marvin Mims is a good player, but he's mostly a deep threat. That's where he's kind of like made his mark for the most part. He can win in the short to intermediate passing game. But we just don't see him do it a lot. And then you got a guy like Theo Weiss, who's just been, I, don't, I just don't know if he's fully back yet from his injury from last year. I mean, he's playing and he's, you know, he's healthy, but as far as like game healthy, game ready, is he the same player that we saw pre-injury? I think there's still some question marks there. And so you don't really have a guy that, uh, and Jaleel Farouk could be this guy, a guy that's able to take a short screen pass and either bowl through a cornerback and pick up yards after the catch or make somebody miss and pick up yards after the catch. Because that's what we've seen him do on kickoff returns as a, as a jet sweep guy. We've seen him do that a lot as well. So there are some wide receivers in this, in this group that have a chance to be impact players for the Oklahoma Sooners. It's, you know, whether it's the 2022, you know, signees, Nick Anderson, um, Jane Gibson, Gavin Freeman, or it's the 2023 guys, Keon Brown, Jaquase Petaway, or it's a guy that's already on the roster, like, you know, Jalil Farouk, that's a little bit older guy. Um, or maybe your transfers, Jay Van Hester uh, or LV Bunkley Shelton, two guys that I was really high on entering the season. We just haven't seen them much this year. I think a lot of it is because they were, uh, summertime enrollees so they didn't have as much time with the team as some of the the veteran guys like a drake stoops marvin mims theo weiss uh, jaleel farouk i say veteran jaleel farouk was with has been with the team so he's got more experience in norman so yeah it's a bummer i'm bummed that we lost anthony evans but at the same time i think there's a lot of options still on the table for oklahoma to get dynamic play from the wide receiver position uh moving forward uh, you know it's it's kind of been a, a bit of an up and down season at wide receiver this year. You know, Marvin Mims has had some great games. Drake Stoops has had some great games. You had and Julio Farouk's kind of been solid in stretches. Theo Weiss, it's been okay uh, from time to time, but you haven't really got what you expected out of him making a return from injury. And so I, I'd like to think that there is room to grow and they got to get better, especially you know with considering like Dylan Gabriel is probably going to be your starter next year. You got to have your wide receiver group take another step forward because they're not really doing him very many favors right now. Even when he's been on target, there's been way too many drop passes uh, for him. But Salavi, Anthony Evans, blessings to you. I hope you have a, a great future over at Georgia, except for if you play Oklahoma. Uh, if you play USC, make sure you go off for like five and 200, something like that. Um, but against Oklahoma, maybe, maybe not so good. So uh, coming up next, we're going to talk a few keys of the game for Oklahoma's matchup with Texas Tech. Then we'll also have uh, our Big 12 or my Big 12 picks uh, coming up later in the show. We'll do our Texas Tech keys of the game after the break. But first, let me talk to you about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play while you're watching your favorite team play. You can go to Underdog Fantasy on the apps, the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. You go over there, you pick your favorite players, you pick the over-under, you can set as many as two to five players from any team across the country. And the more you, more players you pick, the more that you can win. All you got to do is pick the over-under, whether it's yards or receptions or touchdowns. It's the easiest way to play fantasy football. You can do it right now. The, even though the fr the Thursday games have happened, the Friday games have happened, there's still a lot of games happening on Saturday, and you can do that over at Underdog Fantasy. It's a really easy app to get into. You just go into the Underdog Fantasy app right here, and then you can hit the pick them right there. And then all you got to do 
is fine. You can't even really see it because my, my phone is too bright or my light's too bright. But then you just go and you look for, let's say, we're going to find Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel's uh, passing yards is set for 246.5. With the way he's been playing lately, I'm probably going to take the, the lower on that. But, of course, this would be the week that Dylan Gabriel goes off. Uh, but let's do something that's maybe a little bit safer, maybe an Eric Gray over-under. Eric Gray's over-under sitting at 106.5 rushing yards. I'd feel pretty good about that going into uh, his last, what could be his last opportunity to make a real strong impression on the NFL. So go to Underdog Fantasy. You can use our promo code over at underdogfantasy.com using locked on one word. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on at underdogfantasy.com. And again, thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Also, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with our man, Peter Bukowski. You can subscribe to the show over on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, but it's all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes, highlighting the top stories from the night before. All right, keys to the game for the Oklahoma Sooners heading to Lubbock uh, to play Texas Tech. First of all, to me, offensively, Dylan Gabriel's got to be more efficient. This is a player that you you need. Like you need him to be good for your team to put its best foot forward. In that first quarter against Oklahoma State, he was phenomenal. Absolutely fantastic. 14 of 18, over 200 yards, two touchdowns passing, one on the ground, just in control, looking great. Things were on fire. You're looking at it. You're like, man, we're going to put up 60 on Oklahoma State this week. Phenomenal. And then 5 of 11, I think, in the second quarter. Had an interception at the end of the half that, you know, took some points off the board. In the in the third quarter was not very good. Fourth quarter more of the same. Uh, finished after going, you know, fourteen of eighteen to start the game. He was just six of twenty-two over the final three quarters. You can't have that from your quarterback. We saw in the Texas game just how, or when he was not in the Texas game, just how valuable he was to this team. But when he plays like that, his value definitely diminishes. Interesting thing to look at. I know drops have been a problem for this this team. There's been a lot of them. But one thing that that I kind of picked up on over at Pro Football Focus as I was kind of just perusing the stats today is that it isn't just about the the drops by the receivers, whether it's Marvin Mims or Jaleel Farouk. I mean, Dylan Gabriel's been off target too. I mean, you look at his adjusted completion, completion percentage over the last four weeks of the season – and it's 48th out of 83 quarterbacks in the football bowl subdivision that have at least 101 dropbacks over the last four games. 48. That's his adjusted completion percentage. So that's his completion percentage when you remove throwaways, when you remove drops, things that are outside of his control. So his completion percentage, it's kind of average. Like it's middle of the pack when you factor in the adjusted completion percentage. He needs to be better. He needs to be more efficient, more on target. Can't have the misses that we've had. Does his wide receiver group need to be better? Absolutely. I talked about that in the first segment. They need to help him out too. That when the ball is on target, they got to make the catch. Like something that's, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify things, but it's a really simple thing. Like there are several times, you know, in that game that Oklahoma is going to be able to pick up yards if their wide receiver just makes the catch. Uh, again, the drops aren't on him. You, you can't. Those aren't him. Sometimes he's going to throw the ball away. Those don't get accounted for in adjusted completion percentage. So Dylan Gabriel, come have your your best game or have a a great game in this one so that you can finish the season strong and kind of allay any fears that there might be about Oklahoma's quarterback situation going into 2023. 
I think people feel much better about the backup quarterback situation, potentially, when you have a more experienced Davis Bevel or more experienced Nick Evers or more experienced General Booty, at least in the system. But then you're also bringing in a Jackson Arnold. One way to make sure that the the We Want Jackson chance or the Boo Birds don't come out early next season is to finish this season strong. I say wait, one way to make sure, at least one way to kind of head it off at the pass a little bit. Because the thing that that really hurt Spencer Rattler wasn't that he was playing terrible. I mean, there were some bad, bad decisions at times, but he was playing good. Is that there was a five-star quarterback sitting behind him, ready to take over, ready to take the reins if the starting quarterback faltered. If Dylan Gabriel has stretches of you know, play like he did uh, against West Virginia or against uh, Baylor where he throws three interceptions or against Oklahoma State where, you know, they weren't very good for three quarters, then, I mean, who knows what offensive coordinator Jeff Levy or Brent Venables might do in that situation. So let's just completely, you know, avoid that. Obviously, if Jackson Arnold comes in, he's just the better quarterback and wins the job, which I doubt, um, mostly based on what I'm seeing from Brent Venables and his crew with freshmen this season, then so be it. But Dylan Gabriel needs to have a bounce back performance in this one. Again, great in the first quarter, but like we've said it uh, several times on the show over the course of the season, it's not about how he starts, but how you finish. And he started great, but he finished terribly. And he'd be the first person to tell you that he's got to be better for a full four quarters. And Oklahoma needs him to be better for a full four quarters. This is going to be a much uh, different task for them this week. Texas Tech isn't necessarily a great team, but they're playing pretty good offensively. So Dylan Gabriel's got to lead the way. He's got to lead the charge and be better, be more efficient, hit his marks, hit his throws. Uh, and when when there are chances to make plays down the field, he's got to take them. Like we can't play um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage the entire game. He's got to, and he's got to dictate the pace. Like we didn't talk enough about his responsibility in slowing the game down when Oklahoma gets a lead. He's got to do that. And so that's where I, I kind of feel like Dylan Gabriel is going to be a big part of this thing. Eric Gray, obviously, he's a huge key to any game that Oklahoma plays. If he's able to get going on the ground, then it's going to be a good day for Oklahoma. Now, that said, he ran for 211 yards a couple weeks ago against West Virginia, and they lost. So if Eric Gray can have another strong day at this offensive line, can establish the run game, if they can dictate the, the pace of play, uh, be the more physical team, that'll really bode well. For Oklahoma, uh, Texas Tech is allowing 162.5 rushing yards per game. Um, so that that's an opportunity for the Oklahoma Sooners to uh, to really play well in this one. Um, if they're able to get the ground game going, I think it benefits everything. It helps everything out. And from that, run play action. Like that's a huge thing. Like the most efficient that Dylan Gabriel was was in that first quarter. And they're running a ton of play action. Like, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it, it felt like every single pass was off of a play action. Keep doing that. He seems to be really good at a play action. So let's run more of that. Um, defensively, uh, Oklahoma's just got to get off the field. Like, Texas Tech's not great on third down. They're only converting at uh, things like 36, 38% um, on their third downs. So Oklahoma, when they get into when they get Texas Tech into a long, you know, third, um, third down situation, then they've got to be better. They've got to be the the one that's winning those situations. Um, the team that wins on third down generally wins the game, and Oklahoma has not been great on third down the last couple of weeks. 
uh, on offense, but if they can win on defense, then that's going to be really huge for them. Uh, Texas Tech comes in at uh, – they're only converting on third downs 36% of the time. Um, Oklahoma's defense is getting off the field 40.2% or making a stop 40.2% of the time. And conversely, you know, Texas Tech's defense is a little bit better than Oklahoma's. Uh, they're stopping teams 38.6% of the time on third down. So, you know, that's going to be huge. Like the the thing that helped Oklahoma last week against uh, Oklahoma State is that in the first quarter, they weren't really weren't getting the third down. They were, you know, first down, second down, first down, first down, second down, first down, or first down, first down. They weren't getting to third down. So avoid third down altogether. If you're not a good third down team, just don't get the third down. Um, and defensively, Oklahoma's got to apply pressure. If Oklahoma can apply pressure on one of these Texas Tech quarterbacks, it's probably going to be Tyler Shuck. If they can apply pressure, that's going to be golden for the Oklahoma Sooners because uh, so Texas Tech is allowing their quarterbacks to be pressured at least 30% of the time uh, between Donovan Smith and Baron Morton and Tyler Shuck. That's a lot. That's three out of every 10 dropbacks is a pressure. That's pretty, that's pretty salt or not great for the Texas tech offensive line. Um, and they're not good when under pressure. So, you know, Tyler Shuck, he's been uh, pressured on 34 dropbacks. Uh, he's only six of 17 for 65 yards, 3.8 yards per attempt uh, with no touchdowns and an interception. Uh, he's been sacked seven times according to pro football focus. Um, and they've only, you know, converted seven first downs when he's been under pressure. So get him under pressure and there's a good chance that good things are going to happen for your defense. So apply pressure, which they were great at last week uh, against Spencer Sanders. They had Spencer Sanders under duress almost the entire game. They bring that same effort and that same energy and apply it to this game against Texas tech. It's going to be a really long day for the red Raiders. So coming up, going to talk about our big 12 picks. I'll give you my pick for this week as well. Uh, we'll do that after I talk to you about upside here after the break upside. It is the best way to save on cash back. You can get cash back from grocery shopping, going to the gas station, dining out. That's the best thing, right? You go and you have fun dining out, but Hey, you're putting some money back in your pocket with the upside app. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys groceries, goes to the store, goes get gas, which is pretty much everybody, right? Everybody goes to the grocery store. Everybody goes and gets gas. And this is the best way to save on some of the inflation that we're all hitting. Uh, we don't have to cut back because you get cash back on every purchase. You know, we had a, um, a listener, you know, over on the YouTube side comment that he had saved a ton of money using, using upside. And so, I mean, it's a great way for you to get cash back in your pocket. So go to the upside app, use our promo code, locked on to get $10 or more, sorry, promo code locked L O C K E D to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's promo code locked to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using our promo code locked. All right. And now it is time for our bet online picks of the week. We're going through the big 12 here. A lot of great games though on Saturday. I mean, you got you got the game between Ohio State and Michigan that is probably the game of the week. Uh, but I think there's some a lot of really intriguing matchups that happen in the Big 12. Uh, you know, starting off with uh, TCU. Like TCU is looking to clinch an undefeated regular season against the best defense in the Big 12 in Iowa State. And I mean, I, I don't know that that's going to be 
an easy game for them. I mean, TCU has been really, really good offensively all season long. Um, but I don't, they haven't faced a defense as good as Iowa state. Iowa state's defense has done a really great job against everybody this year. Um, but they haven't been able to score enough offensively to, to win these games. So TCU's coming in minus 10 favorite over Iowa state. And I like the Horn Frogs. I really do. I know, you know, Iowa State's defense is great, but remember Oklahoma, you know, they they won by a big number two against the the Cyclones. So I think TCU comes in. They don't, there's no way that this is going to be a letdown game for them. They're going to come in hot knowing that they've got, you know, an undefeated season. You know, they've got the Big 12 title game clinched, but they still have to win every single game to continue to, you know, set the, um, kind of set their reputation amongst the college football playoff committee and really among, amongst national observers like Paul Feinbaum again this week, you know, just kind of put his foot in his mouth and he's like, you know, nobody's going to watch the big 12 championship game. I mean, it's kind of sorry. Like, of course people are going to watch the big 12 championship game. You know, it might not move the needle like Georgia LSU will, but it's definitely going to be maybe more intriguing than whoever comes out of the, you know, the big 10 East, whether it's Michigan or Ohio state versus Iowa, like, are, are people going to be tuned in to watch Iowa's offense struggle against either Michigan or Iowa or Ohio state? No, nobody's going to be interested in that. Uh, you look at the PAC 12. I mean, yeah, that, there's an intriguing matchup to be had over there between USC and maybe Oregon. Like that's a lot of fun to watch, but I think this TCU and what we think is going to happen is going to be Kansas state. I think that one could be a lot of fun too. Like I think those two teams played a really good game uh, while back. Will Howard's playing really good football right now. I think this is going to be a, a really good matchup in the Big 12. So TCU's still got a lot to play for in that one. But give me the Horn Frogs minus the 10 uh, over Iowa State. Speaking of Kansas State, they're hosting Kansas. Uh, Jalen Daniels is back at the helm. Man, that that 12 points, that seems like a lot of money to lay or a lot of points to, to, to be laying if you're Kansas State. But the Jayhawks didn't look really good against Texas last week. I figured they'd be better than what they were with Jalen Daniels back. Maybe it just took a week to knock the rust off. Uh, maybe he comes back this week and he has a standout performance. I, I think Kansas State wins this game, but Kansas has played way too many close games over the last you know, 12, 13, 14 months for me to just be like, yeah, Kansas State minus 12, no, no problem. So if if you're gonna if you're looking to bet on this one, give me Kansas. Uh, plus the points in this one. Although I do think Kansas state wins this outright uh, Oklahoma state looking to bounce back uh, against West Virginia minus seven and a half point favorites. I like, I like, I like Spencer Sanders. I like the Cowboys. I think their offense plays better. You know, he's probably going to be a little bit better uh, rested, a little bit more healed up. I, I don't trust JT Daniels and the West Virginia Mountaineers. I don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, it probably might be a high scoring game, but I think, you know, Oklahoma state's offensive skill talent, which we saw last week, it was pretty good. They just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't finish drives, couldn't score touchdowns. I think Oklahoma state finishes the deal this week against West Virginia. And that brings us to OU versus Texas tech. Uh, I don't think this one resembles the 2016 matchup and he's any stretch of the imagination. I also don't think it resembles the 2021 matchup where Oklahoma won by 31 points uh, over the, the red Raiders in Lubbock, you know, Tyler Shuck, he's a good quarterback. He's got good size, good arm, arm talent, but I think Oklahoma's pressure packages get to him and he's not able to solve their coverage. Um, when, especially when they do zone drops, 
I think Ethan Downs builds off of his team leading six pressures from, excuse me, from a week ago. And he has another really strong game. Danny Stutzman's really been playing well over the last you know month of the season. Uh, I mean, he's been playing well off and on for throughout the season, but I feel like he's really found his stride and found some consistency over the last month of the season. Uh, and then on the outside, CJ Colden, I think he's going to get another pick. Like he's just been a pick magnet, man. He's been flying around the football all season, or at least in the last few games where he's gotten a start for the Oklahoma Sooners at cornerback. So I like Oklahoma. I think they cover this one minus two is kind of an odd spread, but I really do like the Sooners minus the points in this one to get the win, get to seven and five and have a chance at an eight win season going into the bowl season. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in and making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We, uh, we're we available on every podcast platform, uh, everywhere you look. We're available on YouTube, so, so go subscribe to the show over there. Uh, go follow my partner, Josh Helmer, at Josh on Ref. Go listen to him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. You can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire. And until Monday, when we're going to – Break this game down in its entirety. Win or lose, however it goes, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun one because it's our last regular season game before the bowl game. So we're gonna enjoy every single one of these because we only got two more football games left to cover for this team. And just like that, the season was gone. So I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game Saturday night. It's on Fox Sports One starting at six thirty down there in Lubbock. And until then, I'm John Williams. Boomer sooner.